The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. I'm Daryl Alvis, my man Sam beside me. What's going on, Sam? That much, man. Just excited. A lot of a lot of great sports stories out there, man. This Super Bowl week, you know. Let's just jump into this thing, man. Yeah, it is a lot of great sports stories out there. But Sam, you know, let's talk about something that a lot of people don't talk about. You know, so many athletes that we see sign a ten million dollar contract, a twenty million dollar contract. You even see some athletes getting up into the hundreds of millions of dollars. And all of a sudden, you look up one day and they're filing bankruptcy or they're just broke. You know, how does this happen, Sam? How does it happen, brother? Uh, you know, you know Daryl, I think it's a combination of things. Uh, a lot of times when, when you're not used to having a, a, a lot of money, you don't have money management skills. And, and for a lot of these guys, it's like hitting a lottery. And uh, you know how most lottery stories end up. The, the person that wins the publisher's clearinghouse, they win the $20, $30 million, and they end up broke in three or four years, you know. Uh, I, I really feel that these athletes have to do a better job of surrounding themselves with a, a core group of people that's going to watch each other and, instead of having one person uh, looking over their finances. And, uh, you know, um, they have to invest in themselves, man. They have to take finance classes. They have to learn. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with going slow. When you have $10, 15000000 million after taxes, you know, that's – I'll take that 2 3%, man. And, uh, you know, a wise man always told me, why would I spend $3 million to make a $30,000 profit? Something just don't smell right there. No, it, it doesn't feel right. But, Sam, you know, it's so many it's so many situations, man, where a lot of times these athletes, you know, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but they are the smartest person in their family. You understand what I'm saying? They're the, probably, in some cases, they're the only ones that went to college or have any college experience in their family. So when they look outside of the family for some help, that's a lot of times when they get taken, man. It's, it's, it's a horrible thing to see a person like Evander Holyfield at one point have $250 million, and now he's broke. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, they live the lavish lifestyle, and, you know, I, I would uh, tell my my uh, fellow NFL players that's going to be in New Orleans this weekend, man, you know, uh, take it easy on the bottle service. Uh, you know, uh, guys, they, they live a life, man, that's uh, – that it's fast and they're blowing money fast. Evander Holyfield, like you said, made over $250 million and now he's uh, filing bankruptcy. You know, to me, that's a problem. And uh, you mentioned that uh, athletes being the smartest uh, person in their family, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking it slow. Allow your money to sit in the bank, you know, uh, take that one or 2% interest, 
rate until you can find someone that you feel comfortable with that um, that can help you make joint decisions. You know, uh, do not sign up a power of attorney, and uh, you know you just go slow and you um you learn as you go. Another thing, uh, another reason too is a lot of these guys are having four or five uh, different baby mamas and they're paying a lot of money is going out in child support. You know, uh, they're buying these uh, two and three million dollar cribs. They they want to be on MTV cribs. Uh, they're trying to one up the next guy. So there's a lot of things and a lot of reasons. But at the end of the day, they have to uh, take advantage of some of the programs that's uh, offered to them uh, through the NFL or go out and seek outside help on their own. Because at the end of the day, they're responsible for their money. Yeah, they're responsible for their money. But, but you know, I guess it's, it's, it's so many scams out there that people, ordinary people, are just not really aware of, man. And I guess when you really look at someone for I guess you look at the suit and the tie and the car and the office and then you then two years later it was all just a scam. You understand what I'm saying? And so many assets storefront. get involved. Yeah, storefront. You know storefront, what I mean? Storefront office, a nice car. Hey man, that could be a rental or, or whatever. Any any kind of man can put on a suit and tie and uh and talk fast and and, and get you interested. And and again, that's my point. You know, you just learn to be patient, uh Learn the research, guys. You know, I know the NFL for a fact. They have a program in place where if somebody uh, offers you a business opportunity, you can have the FBI research them uh, from A to Z, man, just to uh, make sure that they check out. And uh, that, that's just a service that guys have to take advantage of. And, and you know, the numbers are mind-boggling with uh, 78% of NFL players and 60% of NBA players file for bankruptcy within five years of retirement. And uh yeah. They're, they're, they're divorced. You know, when the money's not there, uh, a, lo- a lot of time uh, those luxuries that you're used to uh, having, they also kind of fade into the background. Yeah, you know, a guy told me once, um, Dr. Silverman um, in Miami, Florida, he said one of my former teammates had retired, and he said, he, not my teammate, but a guy that played at the university before me, he said, but, Daryl, he can't retire. He can't afford to retire. He says, Daryl, you know, when, when, he stops, when he stops working, his light bill is going to be the same, but that check from the 49ers is not going to be coming in, or, or that check from the Cowboys is not going to be coming in. But guess what? The light bill is going to be the same. The car insurance is going to be the same. The lifestyle is going to be the same, and the money is not the same, and that's how these guys really end up losing so much money is because they have a lavish lifestyle from the onset, and when you don't stop the lavish lifestyle, when the checks stop coming in, it's just a matter of time before you go broke. It's an old saying, a fool and his money shall soon depart. And some people say they shouldn't have never got together in the beginning. Hey, man, that, that is very true. You know, I was very fortunate when uh, my rookie year in Oakland, California, had a, um, a former teammate at the University of Michigan, Charles Woodson, just kind of pulled me and a couple of the, um, other rookies to the side and just said, hey, man, when we go out, you guys can't do the things that I can do. You know, I'm a millionaire and uh you know, so just really, just basically telling us to stay in our own lane, and you know, don't try to live beyond your means. And uh, you know, me for one, I took took that to, to heart. Uh, I had like a 1992 uh, old school car, man. Just hey, I bought a two, three thousand dollar car, and uh, I just lived like, hey, I don't know, any day can be my last day, so I'm gonna save as much money as I can, and uh, you know, enjoy this good head start on life, man. And, uh, you know, you just got to take advantage of uh, the veterans, the programs the NFL have out there, and uh, and try to learn from uh, from your peers, man. Yeah, that's true, man. And, you know, the old tax man is a, is a culprit with the with the former athletes as well, man. We These don't guys... understand taxes. Taxes? <laughs> Who is Uncle Sam? 
That's so true. You know, and you look at people like Lawrence Taylor, man. Lawrence Taylor, when he played, the contracts were not that big, but he made a heck of a lot of money. You know, estimated $50 million, and guess what? He's broke, man. It's unbelievable. It's tough, man. You you never want to see a friend, a colleague, or anyone go through that. But unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a lot of crooks out there. It's a lot of people that are uh, just conning these guys, basically. You know, everything that sounds good, uh, it isn't good. Take your time, do your research, and uh, hopefully things will, will work out. You know, uh, you'll never make that type of money again, so you gotta you got to be smart with it. Yeah, you have to be smart with it too, man. And you know, and I guess a lot of people have to understand, a lot of especially athletes, things that we do in our teens sometimes catch up with us. You know, a guy like Travis Henry, nine nine baby mamas and nine kids. You know, he started having these babies in high school, man, and it didn't stop until his NFL career was almost over. Twenty million dollars, sixteen thousand dollars behind in child support, a hundred and seventy thousand dollars in child support payments behind sixteen thousand to one woman. You know, man, that's just, it's ridiculous. And it's not fair to have nine kids from nine different women. You can't, you just really cannot love all of those kids the way they need to be loved in nine different places. You know, another thing, too, when you look at it, when these guys are no longer playing uh, football, they're too lazy to go to the court system and uh, to modify their uh, child support payments, you know. So some of that comes comes back to the individual. You know, if, if you're not making $4 million a, a year, if your salary's at zero, you need to go down to the friend of court. You need to modify your child support payments and, uh, and, and, and take care of your responsibilities. But you know, when you're not making $3 million, it's hard to pay $16,000 a month. So, you know, some of that falls back on the athlete. Exactly. Uh, no, some of it, don't you mean like 80%, 85% falls back on the athlete? Come on, man. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. We have to look in the mirror from time to time and say, hey, is this the right move? It's just not right, man. Something's going on. It's not, it's, it's not right, but uh, we live in a in a day and age where a lot of people are seeing these great documentaries. I know ESPN did one called Broke. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the Allen Iverson story, the Mike Tyson story. But uh, a lot of guys look at that and say, hey, that's not going to be me, man. I'm smart with my money, and, uh, and some of the guys end up being just like that. Look at Terrell Owens. He made a lot of money playing professional football, has a nice reality show, and, hey, he's searching for work. Like you said, the bills keep coming. Uh, they're going to be there every month on time. They're never late. The tax man's going to be there on time. So if you don't have any employment, the bill, the bills and the debt just continue to pile up. Hey, guys, you're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. This is our Super Bowl edition. When we come back after this quick break, we're going to get into uh, the CTE story. Junior Seon's family has decided to sue the NFL. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888 346 9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hey, and welcome back to Sports Info UM. Sam, you know, I guess when you start talking about the CTE and Junior Seau's family suing the NFL, you know, Really, do you really, and, and they're suing the NFL films, too, I guess for showing him hitting people so hard. I just can't put my finger on this one, Sam. Help me here. Help me. Uh, you, yeah, I, I guess the NFL films fall into it when, um, in 1993's NFL Rocks, when Sayer offered his opinion, uh, when he said, uh, if I can feel some dizziness, dizziness, I know the guy's feeling double that in a statement release. So, you know, uh, I guess it goes back to 1993 where there were signs, but b- before that there were signs. And uh, I guess my thing is let's just uh, try to figure out a way that we can help living guys uh, maintain a healthy brain. You know, uh, what's been done is uh, obviously can't be undone. And it's very sad with a lot of these players taking their lives. Uh, with me being a former player, I, I-, I really follow it. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Kevin Turner story, American Man, on uh, the NFL Network, but it's just a great documentary. It just lets you know what some of these guys are going through uh, when when the whistle stops and you hang up your pads. And, uh, you know, I, I am excited that uh, scientists at UCLA, UCLA have developed a method where it's possibly that they can uh, see the warning signs uh, of CTE, and this is the first time that they've uh, been able to come up with something like that in living players before it was uh, when guys were deceased. So that gives you some some hope. But uh, that that study's probably ten fifteen years off. Yes, it is. And, and, and Sam, you know, we hear these. We hear that Junior Seau's family is suing the NFL and the NFL films. But I, then just um, just four days ago, um, the Nevada Wolfpack. Um, identified Junior Seau's nephew, Ian Seau, as one of their recruits that's going to be coming in to play for them this year. 
Hey, man, um, you know, you can't live in fear. Uh, I, I think it starts from Pop Warner uh, to middle school, to high school, to college, to the pros. We all have to do a better job of teaching. You know, I, I just think back to being at parks and seeing some of these little uh, league coaches put guys in the bull in the ring and just have kids knock the crap out of each other, not teaching any technique, uh, having kids lead with their heads, you know. Um, we have to do a better job of uh, just teaching. And I, I know the NFL now they have a heads up campaign. They're rolling out the red carpet with um this, with this being Super Bowl week. Uh, a lot of PR stuffs going on. And um, I'm not saying that the NFL don't care. Uh, I think there's fault and blame for everyone. But uh, you know you got to do a better job of protecting some of these guys. Uh, also, over four thousand players and two thousand spouses are in a um, have joined the class action lawsuit against the NFL. And uh, you know. Something, something's got to give, man. You're talking about a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, some, something has to give, Sam. But I, I think, man, sometimes when we look at it, these men take hits that the average person would never get up from. I mean, you, you think about some of the licks that we've seen, some of the licks that we've received, some of the licks that we've given. The average person off the street, if they had taken that hit with the helmet on, they could have been out for a couple of days definitely for a couple of hours and some of these guys get hit and then they get right back up and they start all over again now my biggest problem sam is that i don't think any kid should start playing football until he's 14 years old or in the ninth grade when you're I, in I high definitely school. i definitely agree with that uh, so let's just cut the pop warner out cut the middle school football out and don't even worry about giving those guys coaches uh coaches credentials all they because they're going to be coaching the flag football leagues and, and you know what you still you still need some credentials to coach flag but uh i think that's a a great way to start learning how to get in the stance of your receiver you know yeah. you're gonna have people saying oh if i'm a lineman uh you know you gotta you gotta go to lineman camps where you where safety's being preached you're learning to get in the techniques you're learning how to fire off the ball definitely a start you know i i have a son i played football since i was six years old uh my, right now, my son is in love with basketball. He loves soccer. Uh, and, you know, I, I look at my son and I say, man, at such a young age, there's no way I would uh, let him to put that trauma on his body. But as he get older, if he come to me and say, Dad, I want to play football, if, if I do my part, teach him, to, um, teach him how to play the game, teach him how to teach him about safety, then, then I feel he would be fine at 14. My thing is if you're good, if you have skills, somebody's going to find you. It don't matter what age you are when you start playing uh, football. I agree. I, I, I agree totally. And, and, I, and I really agree, Sam, that when, we, when you turn 14, I think you have muscle development and you can actually take on some punishment and some physical punishment. When you're, when you're 8, 9, you take, you take on hits with that plastic, the same plastic that the NFL guys are playing with, man. You know, the same kind of helmet, the same people that make the helmets for the NFL make the helmets for the peewee leagues. And the same collisions that these kids take at six years old is just like a collision that a, that a, that a 15-year-old is giving another 15-year-old. The impact, it, 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 it might not be the same physicality, but the impact is going to be the same down the line. You know, a lot of times, man, when you when you look at it, their bodies, their bone structure is not even developed enough to carry all of that weight from the helmet. And, you know, there are some people out there, all these guys, you know, they know what they signed up for. But, you know, a lot of times, uh, 
But I'm not necessarily just talking about concussions. Just what about the repeated trauma to your head when you're butting heads if you're an offensive lineman going against a linebacker or defensive lineman? You know, there's a lot of times you get, get in good contacts. There's no white dots. There's no concussions. But it's repeated trauma to your head. And, you know, to, to me, that's what's lead to some of these cases of CTE. It's not necessarily guys having four or five um, concussions. I, I don't think you can put a number on it, but when you think about button heads hundreds of times in a practice, uh, in one practice, and you're doing that three, four times a week, and then when you get in the game, it just intensifies. So, you know, just that repeated trauma to the head. And, and you're right, Sam, but, but how many times, and you, and you know, you said you played since you were six years old. I didn't start playing until I was 14 years old. But, Sam, how many times have you hit somebody and you said, ooh, I hit that joker so hard, man, my head was spinning a little bit, you know? Your your head was spinning, you saw stars, you had to to put your hands out to reach and feel for a lineman. And, you know, we're now just learning that, hey, fool, you had a concussion. Yeah. Yes. You know, how many times have you hit somebody and, you know, a, a stinger runs from your neck all the way down to your fingers and it start tingling a little bit at the end? And what your coach you know, say, you all right, buddy. You all right, shake it off, shake it off, shake it off. And you've seen guys, you've seen coaches grab, come up to you, grab your hand, and just start shaking it. You know, you all right, shake it off, shake it off. But, uh, but uh, you know, another uh, a person that really got everybody's attention is when uh, the president says if he had a son, he's not sure he would allow him to play. You're talking about just grabbing everybody's attention and, uh, you know, people saying, oh, he has two daughters. But uh, I, I just really feel that it, as a man who loves his kid and wants the best for his kid, you're gonna you're, you're gonna strongly consider pushing your your son towards uh, baseball or basketball or something that's gonna be a little less violent. And then Bernard Parlin also came out. He's the Patriot killer. He came out and said that uh, he feels in 30 years the football. Uh, won't be around again. There's a nice article out there uh, that says football will be non-existent in the future, man. And uh, the, the way things are going now, that, that's a real possibility. You know, I heard someone say a couple of days ago that they can see in the next 10 years where football players would not be allowed to put their hands down on the ground. You know, now I can see the game changing to that in 10 years. However, I really believe that in my lifetime, I could see someone get hit and lose their life on a football field in front of millions and millions of people. You know, and I guess in front of millions and millions of viewers. And they're going to say, you know what people are going to say? They're going to say, well, he knew what he signed up for. And, you know, this guy's been paralyzed, man. You you never want to see one of your brothers, whether it's your teammate or your opponent. You never want to see anyone uh, injured. You know, you go balls to the wall, but you play the game a certain way. You play with respect. You respect your opponents. You respect the game. And uh, as violent as the game is, I really don't feel that guys are deliberately going out trying to hurt people. I don't think guys are trying to hurt people. But, Sam, you and I both know that we try to hit people as hard as we I'm can. I'm trying to kick your we, butt now. I'm not try- saying I'm not trying to kick your butt. I'm trying to give it to you. But I'm trying to give it to you within the rules. I'm not spearing you. I'm not ducking my head. I'm trying to give it to you the way that I was taught to play football. The funky sound way, but with everything I got. And if that means I'm knocking myself out or knocking somebody else out, then that's what you signed up for. And Sam, there we go. And I guess that's the that's the barbaricness of the game that people are going to start looking at. If I don't care if I knock myself out, 
or I knock him out as long as I hit him as hard as I can. Now, Sam, one of the things about football, though, is that that's the easiest route to college and to get and to graduate from college is football. Now, you think about this. The University of Duke is going to give out probably anywhere from 20 to 30 football scholarships this year. In football, in basketball, they're going to probably give out three scholarships. And in baseball, they will probably not give out any. Maybe I mean, if they give out three or four, they're going to be partial. Where well, those three or four becomes 10 or 12 guys, you know. Uh, they break them up in some of the smaller sports. But uh, it's just another interesting topic, man, that we can just spend a, a lot of time on. And uh, I think the debate continues to go forward. I can see football being played on the black market, man, because no one, when they make a lot of the, when they ratify the game and make a lot of changes, I can see people getting together, man, playing on the black market for a whole bunch of money, man. It's going to become like the gladiator. Create, creating their own league, steroids, yeah. anything, everything goes, huh? But, but on <laughs> somewhere where only a select few can get in, man. <laughs> oh, so the league is going to be in Dubai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know where it's going to be at, but, and I'm pretty sure that, uh, it, if they're going to save them nine or ten billion dollars, they're going to um, dot every I and cross every T, man, and to try to figure out a way to save this thing. But you know, the players are, they continue to get bigger, stronger, faster. Let's just hope that uh, everybody do their part in teaching the game the right way. And um, you know, it, it's a great sport. It's done a lot of um, wonderful things for me. It, it took me from uh, the projects, being on welfare, and uh, helped me get an education. Uh, just being blessed enough to get a scholarship. And uh, from there, to make a little money, to meet a lot of people. And uh, it, it's opened up a lot of doors, man. I'm, I'm very thankful for everything that uh, it has done for me and my family. But at the same time, I am very scared when you hear all of these stories. And uh, you never know. One day that can be you not knowing how to get home. One day that can be you uh, sitting in a dark room like Leroy Horde uh, talked about when he has uh, – migraine headaches and he don't want to tell his kids to get away from him or daddy's going through pain you know uh, that one day that can be me and you so uh it's definitely something that you you have to look at you gotta uh you gotta talk to your doctor you have to be honest with your doctor and uh just just trying to go forward help as many people as you can man and and that's so true man and i think that last thing you said about seeing your doctor and being honest with your doctor, I think that is the most important thing because a lot of us are basically we get a point in our life, especially athletes, especially men, where we're, we're, we're too proud to go to the doctor. We're too proud to tell her, oh, man, you know, my back hurts from probably from some injuries from 20 years ago or 12 years ago. I'm depressed, Doc. I'm depressed. And, you know, I went to the doc, my doctor a while back and he gave me this test a depression test. And I was actually a little bit offended by it. But actually, the more I thought about it, the more I, and, and the way he explained it to me, he says they give it to everyone now because they want to know if there's something on your mind that, that you need to talk about or if you don't, if there, it's a number test too. So if you get too, uh, too high of a number, they talk to you about some things. So um, my, my depression was very low and he said I had nothing to worry about. But I think it is something that we all should be a little bit concerned about. Uh, most definitely, man. So uh, let's just hope that the NFL continue to uh, provide us with programs that uh, that's going to be fair and uh, not try to take advantage of everybody. Uh, you know, rolling out the PR, they're giving a lot of money for research, but uh, is it serious or is it just a way to um, let everybody know that, hey, uh, we're trying to help these guys? Hey, guys, listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. When we come back, we're going to talk about that Pro Bowl game. Did players do enough to save the Pro Bowl? We'll be right back.
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Sam, the, the, um, the big boss, the head honcho, Roger Goodell, said last week, if the players don't do enough in this Pro Bowl game, he may cancel the game forever. And I'm wondering, did they do enough? From what I saw, from what I saw yesterday, I think they did enough to save the game one more year. I agree with you, but I, I think the players definitely have to be consistent in their performance. Uh, the effort was a lot better than it was last year. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with Peyton Manning also. You know, he talked about what the game meant to him, being a young player, uh, being able to um, talk and pick the brain of uh, eight potential uh future and current Hall of Famers and just what that can do for some of the young guys like uh, uh, LaDainian Thomason talking to Adrian Peterson, a young Adrian Peterson, you know, just spreading that knowledge of uh, information, how to take care of your body, how to take care of your money, uh, just how to become a professional player, man. So uh, there's definitely some lessons that can be learned uh, in that camaraderie from the game. Uh, The effort was a little better, man. It it was a lot better than it was last year. Uh, If I could have Zap my TV, I would have last year, but uh, this year was a little bit more interesting. A lot of points, though. Got to do a better job of playing defense, but uh, we both know all-star games. Uh, people want to see fireworks, but the effort was much better. You know, when um, when you when you play in a game where I think think the payout was twenty five for the losers and maybe fifty thousand for the winners. You know, we, we the average person look at that and say, "Wow." They made 25 G's for that game, and the winners made 50 G's for the game. Well, these guys actually pick up a paycheck on on a Monday morning for three hundred thousand dollars. That's so, not all of them, and that's where it gets know, that, that's, that's where it gets uh, misconstrued. You know, but it, the guys that made the Pro Bowl more than likely they're the ones that's making the three hundred thousand, the hundred thousand dollars a week. 
Yeah, they make some. They make right. some good money, but they uh, you make know? some good money. So they look at it like, man, you mean I'm out here risking a three hundred thousand dollar a week for fifty grand? I'm sure somebody got some insurance on them guys. Somebody's hey. paying up the Lloyd's of London policy, man. You, you you have to protect yourself. That's where it comes. That's where it becomes being smart, protecting your brand. If I'm going out to play in a Pro Bowl or I'm only making twenty five to fifty grand and I'm due twenty million dollars next year, you best believe it. I'm I'm gonna protect those twenty million dollars. So shame on you if you go out to Hawaii and, and don't get a Lloyd's of London contract or or protect your brand. And uh you know my yeah. You have to. I mean, that's just a smart thing to do. And, you know, hey, they take a pay cut in the playoffs because now it's no longer their regular season salary. Everything is slotted. The winning team gets X amount of money. The losing team gets X amount of money. And the checks get bigger and bigger by the round. But at the same time, those guys are also taking a pay cut in the playoffs. And you're going out and you're playing with effort because you're chasing the biggie, the the, the best prize on, on this planet, in my opinion, the Super Bowl, man. You're chasing the biggest prize. And a lot of a lot of times the Pro Bowl, just making it is enough. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, you don't have to go any further than just making the Pro Bowl. That's how a lot of that, a lot of these guys look at it. They don't look at they look at it now like it's too risky. Now they played yesterday a whole lot more physical, a lot tougher, much more of a competitive game than it was last year. Last year it looked like they were protecting themselves. More than anything, it looked like they had formed a pack with the NFC and the AFC. Hey, let's don't hit hard. Let's don't come off the ball hard. And to Cam um, Newton came in the game. You know, they they went balls out when Cam Newton went in the game. But normally the guys don't play hard until, like, the fourth quarter. They keep the game close, and then they get after it a little bit. But uh, I guess Cam Newton rubbed some people the wrong way last year. So the guys was uh, – they, they pinned their ears back when he was in the game. But, uh, yeah. hey, I like the old format uh, personally, you know. Let the guys who win the Super Bowl go over there and just relax and rub it all in everybody's face, man. I kind of like that format a little better. But uh, this way it gives guys a chance to um, go enjoy Hawaii and then get to the Super Bowl destination and uh, take part in some of the uh, Super Bowl festivities also. I would agree with that totally, man, for sure. Yeah, You know, Sam, um, Roger Goodell got booed in New Orleans. And, it, you know, I... I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Roger Goodell myself. You know, I, I think he's done some good things for the league, but at the same time, I think he's been too much of a of a boss. You know, um, he's a juror and an executioner. He's just he has too much authority, and I think somewhere along the line, the NFL needs to bridge a gap between the players and the owners. And the and and the uh, the boss of the NFL, Roger Goodell. We have to bridge this guy, man. What did Kanye say? No one man should have all that power. And uh, you know that's exactly what Roger uh, Goodell have. He ha- he has a lot of power. And I tell you, man, the uh, the good old people of New Orleans, uh, they haven't forgot the bounty. You know, a lot of people feel that he took away a chance for them to be the first host team to host the Super Bowl. So. Uh, they're not too kind to Roger Goodall right now, but at the same time, they better uh, be uh, careful in, in how he's treated because with the power he have, you know, he can take the Super Bowl away from uh, New Orleans, you know, and New Orleans is a great destination. Well, it is a great destination. As many times the Super Bowl has been in New Orleans, I don't think they're going to be getting it taken away from them no time soon. 
Hey, man, another thing that, uh, you know, it's that week. Uh, San Francisco got in yesterday. Uh, Baltimore got in today. They sent Ray Lewis off, thousands of people at the airport. Uh, you know, just talk about uh, how some of the guys, how are you going to deal with that Super Bowl spotlight? Hopefully uh, everybody took care of the ticket request, uh, the family members that are going to be allowed to attend the game. But, uh, you know, that spotlight, man, uh, it, it, it can be big. And you don't need any distractions when you're playing the game of your life. Man, it's going to be huge. And, you know, I guess the thought is, whose name are we going to see in the spotlight for doing something negative this week? Is it going to be um, um, Baltimore Ravens player blank blank received a DUI at 4 in the morning in a rental car with two strippers and a prostitute in the backseat? You know, are we going to see this this week? Are we going to see this from the Ravens, San Francisco? And and in Super Bowls past, someone has done something stupid in a lot of cases the night before the game, um, two days before the game. So, well, it's not going to surprise me if this happens. I, I think it's going to come down to the leadership. And uh, just looking at both uh, both of the coaches, John and Jim Harbaugh, I, I really feel that uh, they both do an outstanding job of uh, with their team. And uh, they have both teams are blessed to have some strong veteran leaders. You know, Ray Lewis, this is his, uh, this is his last one. So I'm, I'm sure those guys are focused in Baltimore. Uh, San Francisco doesn't have as many guys with experience, but, hey, just the leadership. It starts from above, and uh, I, I think that we're not going to see any hiccups. And uh, just look forward to being see who's going to um, show up. Oh, I am too. You know, uh, I played in the um, I played in the Superdome over in um, New Orleans for the national championship, and we lost to Tennessee. Well, some years ago, I guess it's been about maybe ten years ago, I went to New Orleans and I hung out there just on a vacation. And I was talking to some of the guys there, and I talked to this one bounce at a club. He said, man, I can tell you who's going to win the national championship and who's going to win the Super Bowl every time. And I said, how can you do that? Who's he hanging says, out on Bourbon Street? Who's go- who's ever last on Bourbon Street will lose the game. He said, so if, if, uh, if San Francisco's on Bourbon Street Friday and Saturday night, they'll be losing. Or uh, if if um, Baltimore's on Bourbon Street Friday and Saturday night, French Quarter, same thing, they're going to lose. So whoever you see last on Bourbon Street, that's going to be the loser. Bourbon Street is just an awesome street, man, to hang yes, out. Yes, it in. is. Anything you want, you can pretty much find it. But, uh, hey, when you're preparing for the game of your life, this game is going to change some guy's life. Uh, you know, uh, you'll forever be remembered in Super Bowl 47. You know, Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Ray Lewis, like I said, he's returned after 17 wonderful years. You know, Ray Lewis is getting a lot of hype coming into this game. This is the last time that uh, he's going to put on that Baltimore Ravens uniform. But, you know, to me, man, Ray Lewis, he, he's playing well, but at the same time, I think he's getting a lot of um, pub off of what he's I, – I think he's a shell of the player that he was, but just his leadership that uh, that he brings to the table, that might just be enough to push those guys over the, uh, over the edge. Who's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl from the Ravens if the Ravens win? Will it be Flacco? Will it be Ed Reed? Will it, will it, be, um, will it be Ray Lewis? Um, 
Well, if Ray Lewis is close to the pile, he's going to get credit for a tackle, you know, uh, just what a way to go out. But, uh, if, if Baltimore win, I, I'm rooting for the San Francisco 49ers, but if Baltimore win, I think it'll be poetic justice if Ray Lewis was the Super Bowl MVP. You know, uh, the, the last time the Ravens won the Super Bowl MVP, I mean, the Super Bowl, Ray Lewis was the MVP. He didn't get to do the, uh, the, I'm going to Disneyland. So I just think it'll be poetic justice. He's had a wonderful career. He's been uh, playing at a very high level. In these playoffs, even though some of his numbers are inflated. But I can see a guy like Ed Reed, man. Ed Reed is just a big play waiting to happen, uh, whether it's special teams, him sneaking in the block of punt, intercepting the ball. Uh, be very interesting, you know. Uh, are the Ravens going to be patient and uh, take what the defense give them? You know, they did a great job against the New England Patriots or uh, hit the little short to intermediate routes, and uh, Flacco did a good job with that. Uh, will Ray Rice be unleashed? Yes, and Anquan Bowden has had, has had a phenomenal playoffs. So man, and and he's a Floridian as well. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe in that mix for the MVP, but definitely having a big time game, man. I mean, to me, man, he's one of my favorite wide receivers. He's just a tough guy that gets after it. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy, but man, he has a lot of heart. He gets after it, and uh. He's definitely going to be a key for the Ravens. Torrey Smith, man, uh, you know, Suggs. There's a lot of names. Who's going to show up? Who's going yeah. to show up? Yeah, there are a lot of names. You know, um, but when we look at it, the Ravens have been the underdog for the last three games. You know, does that make does that play a role in, in this playoff? I'm not sure because I look at it like when you make it to the Super Bowl, it's it's an even feel. There is no underdog. You know, no team is better than the other team. We're here. It's just dealing with the pressure, man. I tell you, Flacco, he's been unflappable in these playoffs. You beat Peyton Manning, you beat Andrew Luck, you beat Tom Brady. That, that just don't really – it rarely happens, man. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hype uh, surrounding the brothers, uh, 15 months apart. Uh, just a wonderful story, man. Two brothers get to make it to the, to the best of the best. And uh, unfortunately, one has to win, one has to lose. Uh I'm going with the 49ers, man. Hey, guys, you're listening to the Voice of America. You're listening to the Sports Info UM on the Voice of America Network. We'll be right back with our last uh, segment. We're going to talk about who's going to win this wonderful game. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds 
Bart. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Sam, you know, we were just talking about dealing with the Super Bowl spotlight and breaking down both of these scenes, the 49ers and the Ravens. We talked quite a bit about the Ravens, but Sam, you know, this guy, uh, Colin Kaepernick, this is just his second year in the NFL, and he has some heavy shoes on, man. I mean, you're talking about pressure, walking in cement. You know, he may be walking around looking real cool, real cool, because the guy looks like he's nothing, nothing shakes him. But, wow, I really I tell think you what, he, he has he, pressure. He, he, was, he was cool in Atlanta. You can ask, ask the Atlanta Falcons about him. Got down 21-zip. Did a great job, man. You know, a lot of a lot of the talk going into that game, will he be able to run the ball? He didn't have to run the ball. He sat back. He showed that he can read coverages. He can uh, deliver the ball. Uh, but sometimes, man, when, when you're young, you think you're invincible. And, and uh, hopefully in a game of this magnitude – He'll take that attitude in there that, hey, man, I'm not going to get rattled. I'm just going to play my game. I'm sure Randy Moss has been a veteran presence helping him out. And, uh, you know, that that's tough to say, Randy Moss being a veteran presence. But uh, that's another guy to me that I look at that he can have a big impact on this game. You got to lay it all on the line. The, the guy, he still can run. He can pick him up and put him down. You have Frank Gore, man. I, I really think uh, Kaepernick did a great job of uh, taking what the defense gave him in his own read. And uh, if, if they pay too much attention to him, I can see Frank Gore having just an outstanding game. He's low to the ground. He has great balance. He uh, he has speed. He, he's just a big time back, man. Oh, Frank Gore from the University of Miami. That Frank Gore. Yeah, the leading rusher in the history of the San Francisco 49 from the University of Miami. That Frank Gore? Uh, here we go. Being led oh. by Michigan man, Jim Harbaugh, the University of Michigan coach. Man, I tell you, go blue. And the center is hey, also man. from Michigan, man. Hey, man. I tell you, man. Get him hey. in shape, Jim. <laughs> man, we could really look at Frank Gore next week in Orlando at Disney World. You know what I mean? Frank could be the NFL. He could be the Super Bowl MVP. He really could. Um, you know, he, he's an awesome running back, super guy, and man, he really takes a lot of the pressure off of Kaepernick. So if Kaepernick is looking for some relief from those cement shoes he has on, give the ball to Frank Gore, man. Change the play. Every passing play they come out there with, just turn around and hand it to Frank, man. All right, man, we're going to have to um, – also a guy, in my opinion, that's going to be very uh, key for the 49ers is Vernon Davis. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk that him and Kaepernick, they weren't on the same page. But last week they finally meshed, and uh, Davis had his best game as a 49ers with Kaepernick at the helm. So, to me, I look for him, man. He's probably going to be one of the fastest guys on the field. He's going to be a matchup problem for any safety or corner or linebacker that has to guard him. And, you know, just looking at this San Francisco 49er roster, man, I can see a guy like Ted Ginn or Michael James just making a big play in the special teams games, man. You're going to have to win two phases of the game, man, either offense or special teams or offensive defense, man. You're going to have to win two to three phases if you're going to be successful. And uh, turnovers always play a, a key part in any game. Oh, definitely. And, and turnovers. 
turnovers are definitely going to be a big part of this game, too. But I'm going to tell you, man, I, I think now Vernon Davis and Kaepernick have struggled in making a connection. But Kaepernick and Crabtree has been an awesome connection since he started, since he came in nine games ago. Yes, uh, Crabtree has been He's been the guy that everybody expected him to be coming out of Texas Tech, man. So uh, he's done a great job. Uh, Kaepernick has done a great job of finding him. But I, I, I really feel that the Ravens are going to be able to uh, match up re- fairly well with Crabtree. And uh, Vernon Davis is going to have to take a lot of that pressure off of him, man. And, I, and again, Randy Moss, man. I, I just can see Moss streaking down the sideline, man, throwing his, waving his hand in the air and Kaepernick just reaching back and, and letting one go, man. I can see Moss, man. I can see him mossing somebody, man. I can see it. Man, who's going to be throwing it to Randall Cunningham? Man, right. hey, Randy Moss can't do that anymore, man. And Kaepernick got an arm, and Moss still is going to get you a 4-4, man. I know, but everybody ran 4-4 in the NFL, all man. All right, man, all Come right. On, man. Don't sleep on the old man. He's going to be nice and stressed out, been gay, um, icy hot. He ready, man. I just got you a deal, Moss. I'll let you boy. <laughs> hey, man, you know, if if, if if this was 1996 and, and, and Randall Cunningham was throwing him the ball, I'd be all for it. But I just can't see this, man. I just don't see this. Okay, let me ask you this. On the uh, Baltimore Ravens, who do you see as a sleeper guy? We know about Ray Rice. Let me we know tell you about uh, Flacco. We know about Bowden. We know about Tory Smith. Okay. Who is a guy? Who is a sleeper for the Ravens? I'll tell you. And, and, and watch him. Dennis Pitta, the tight end for the Ravens. I, like I mean, this I like this guy, this guy is a very reliable tight end, six four. A, a kid played at um um at BYU, big tight end, very soft hands. Now you're talking about somebody that could exploit the middle of the field. This guy, Dennis Pitter, could be the guy. And and you talking about underrated. See, everybody knows Vernon Davis. Dennis Pitter, nobody's gonna probably won't hear his name called the entire week of the Super Bowl. But he, until the game, he, I bet he catch four passes. At least hey man, he's a guy that's definitely a security blanket for uh, Flacco. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier. Will the Ravens be patient and take the underneath throws and, and, and what the um, what the defense give them? You know, uh, Coach Carl Williams on the staff when I was in Indianapolis, I can tell you one thing. I, I, it, it ju- it's just vintage dungy if, if when, I, when I look at it, man. Take what the defense give you. Be patient. A lot of teams don't have that patience. And then before you know it, there's paying attention to Pitta, and you got Bolden or Torrey Smith streaking up the sidelines. Another guy that I really like off of this Baltimore Ravens offense is a he's a fast back man, Bernard uh, Pierce. He's done an outstanding job. He's averaging close to five yards a carry. He's a a change up to Ray Rice, so they have a nice one two punch uh, along with Pitta and those guys on the outside. And uh, I really think this game's going to come come down to uh, who protect the football the best and uh, who can run the ball. Man, you got to be able to control the game. Well, you definitely got to be able to protect the football. And, you know, we, we've talked about this many times. You know, it's, it's offense, defense, special teams. But the running game is going to be a big, big part of this game. And I, and I hate I, – I don't like to think that both of these running games are even. I really think San Francisco has a has an edge with Frank Gore. And the quarterback. The quarterback definitely gives them an edge. But at the same time, with the quarterback giving them an edge, he's only one play from being knocked out the game, and then we're looking at Alex Smith, and then the whole dynamic of the game changes. That's yeah. that's the that's the price you pay when you um when you have this pistol zone read uh system. Yeah, that's for sure. But at the same time, I think when when uh, when Baltimore is in the backfield, a lot of times we see them with a traditional two back set, a fullback and a tailback. 
I'm a big fan of a fullback. I think the fullback is one of the few people that can exploit the flat area. And in in a lot of cases, when you only have one back back there, you really can't exploit parts of the field that you can with the fullback. So uh, I I'm a big fan of that two back set. Especially when you're running the ball well, man. Then that guy slips out into the flat. He's wide open, man. You see it all the time, man. Especially all if he's he's, he's isolating the linebacker. The linebacker's like, oh man, he's bringing it. I gotta I gotta get ready. I gotta get geared up. I gotta take on this ISO. I gotta keep my outside arm free. The next thing you know, the fullback avoids him, and hey, he's just yep. streaking up the sideline for 15 yards, man. And, and the but, Ravens have a very good fullback in this guy, Vontae Leach. I mean, you know, he's six feet, 260 pounds, and he can open some holes, man. I mean, he's a pro bowl guy, man. To me, yeah. he's a pro bowler, man. He's, he's a, he's a big-time fullback. It's rare in this day and age you see a fullback, man, in the National Football League. That's why when you can find one, you have to implement a two-back uh, system. All right, man, who has the coaching advantage? Is it the older brother, John, or is it the younger brother, Jim? We're down to three minutes. We're getting ready to make our picks. I'm getting excited. I'm giving it to the older brother. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving it to the older brother. I think age matters. I think he has a little bit more experience. I, t- I think his team has has been so close and had a chance to be there last year, and I think they're going to be the team that uh, that do it. I, I just, to be honest, man, to see John Harbaugh go from a special teams coordinator to the head coach and have the success he had. You know, when the, when the Ravens first made that hire, I was like, what are they thinking? A special teams guy. Normally, your offensive coordinator, your quarterback coach, your defensive coordinator. I, I definitely feel that uh, he knows the game a little better, and that's kind of hard to say with Jim being a quarterback and the Golden Boy. I, I just feel that the older brother has a slight edge, and I'm sure he's tired of Jim always one up with him. Jim was the better football player. Everybody talks about Jim, but he's done a great job of creating and paving his own way. I, I give the ed, the advantage in coaching to John, but I, I just think at the end of the day, the 49ers are going to be a little too much for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers, the San Francisco tree, this back, baby, crab tree. <laughs> well, man, you know, I've been thinking about this long and hard, and um, I've met um, Frank Gore a few times, really nice guy. I've met Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis, Brian McKinney, all of them guys. And I just want because because Ed is because 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 Ray Lewis, this is his final year, and all he's done for the league, all he's done for himself, how he's come back from being someone that was almost banned from the NFL to being like the darling of the NFL. I'm pulling for Ray Lewis and the Ravens to win this Super Bowl, and I think they're gonna do it. Hey man, God is good. And Ray Lewis, in case you look at everything he's, he he went through, it's just the, the power of, of, of prayer, man. And the Lord, He's definitely changed his life. More power to Ray Lewis. I look at it like it's a win-win, man. The Harbaugh's a, a Harbaugh will win the Super Bowl. Uh, um, there'll be a new group of guys in the fraternity. Uh, you know, I have nothing against Ray Lewis. He's one of the outstanding linebackers that ever played the game. Hey, guys, that's it, man. Time flies when you're having fun. You're listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Network. We'll see you next week with some exciting topics. Real quick, Darrell, what, what do you think is going to be the major story next week? Uh, Ray Lewis going to uh, Orlando, man. He's, he's, he's the NFL MVP. All that's right, the story man. next week. Peace. We out, guys. Thank you very Peace. much. Peace. 
Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then. 